The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Jesse Giglio is speaking. Uh, welcome, everybody. So good to see you. So good to be here on Christmas Eve. Uh, always one of my favorite services of the year, not just in this community, just but across the city and across the world. And seeing people get to hang out and, and pause, and it's a little bit of a rush to get here, and sometimes it's a little bit of a fight to get out the door and get everybody dressed and to land. I'm sure there's stuff to do afterwards, but uh, it is a fun time to pause and just be present wherever you come from, wherever your belief in God is, if, if at all. But uh, I talked a little bit on Sunday, yesterday, so we kind of have a little bit of a two-part message, and, and I'll fill you in a little bit as we go. But, and it was kind of about the stuff that keeps us from Christmas, and tonight we'll, we'll hopefully get a little more of what kind of draws us toward that, what moves into, into it. And, uh, and I never know, I feel it came okay, and, and someone came up to me after service, and Maria, and she said, oh my gosh, that message was so good, thank you, thank you. And I, so even, I even told Amy and Bella, my wife and my daughter, like, man, Jesse did so good today, and... and uh, and Amy's like, oh, yeah, I figured he was going to do good. He was grumpy all week. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She's like, oh, yeah, every week, every time you're super grumpy, like, that's when you actually bring a good message. I'm like, what? So I'm warning you, I had a pretty good day today, so don't expect much tonight. Like, I'm in a pretty, I'm in a pretty good mood. Uh, Christmas is super fun, and, and it was a pretty, pretty chill day. But, um, but, yeah, I'll be grumpy later tonight wrapping presents uh, late, so if anyone, so anyone wants to, like, join me on that. I'm already aware, like, I'm not going to be able to find the scissors in the house. Like, I'm thinking, through, man, do we, do we have to buy scissors every year? Like, we'll find some scissors, but they won't be good scissors, you know, and you'll get them out there, and you try to do the glide across the paper. You guys ever get that good glide going? Like, that's a sweet moment, man, when you go from one end of the thing to shh, like, it's awesome. It's like a flamenco dance. Like, you're just feeling it. But most of mine, like, go, and then I just tear the kind of paper in half and crumple it up. So I'll be, I'll be plenty grumpy later. But, but this is a great time of year. It's, uh, uh, tonight is one of, the, one of the great times of, uh, of the year. And to borrow from Bill Murray's Scrooge, when we all act a little nicer, we smile a little easier, we cheer a little more, and for a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hoped we would be. And people carry a certain kind of merry to them around this time of year. There's always a few people who are just bummed out, but man, when you're out and about, even if it's a crazy, there's a little more Merry Christmas, there's a little more hellos, there's a little more generosity, there's a little more getting together, there's singing, there's something in the air that sort of awakens us. And we draw, I'm going to lift this thing up, just give me a second here if I can figure it out. And there's something in the air, something sort of benevolent about it. Uh, this, this past week, I was kind of going through my, my garage, and we just had some stuff to rearrange and start cleaning out the garage. And uh, there were some different piles, and I think some things we were maybe going to sell. Anyone have those piles? Like, you kind of move to another part of the house because you're going to sell it at some point, but then it just stays there for like a year, and you're like, oh, man, it's just taking up space. And there was a couple different piles, and I was thinking, do we Craigslisted? Amy's always moving stuff. And I was like, I just got to get this stuff, just this stuff out of the garage. So I pulled this stuff out of the garage, and it's a toaster oven, and some old camping jerry cans, some clothes, this broken... Uh, croquet set that I picked up somewhere, super random things, and I just want to curb alert and move in. I don't want people picking through it. I want someone to take all this stuff at one time. I don't want people showing up at my house, like, weeding through the clothes. Like, you just have to take everything. So I, so I figured a way to incentivize this to, get, to maybe make it move a little bit, I included with the free junk, free beer. I put free beer, free stuff on Craigslist. Come get it, curb alert. And I had these old beer in my garage and, and, and some stuff, and I put together like a mixed pack. It was probably almost a case of beer. And I put it on my porch with all this stuff, and I just said, hey, my preference is you take everything. If you want the beer, you have to take all this stuff away. And was kind of hoping for the best. I, so I put it all out there. 
And it didn't take long. I was out during the day, and it was all on the porch, and I, and I come back at some point. I'm like, hallelujah, it's gone. They took everything. I don't know what they did with this stuff. I don't care, but they came for the beer maybe, and they moved this stuff along, and, and it, was, it was good. It was a sort of a success story. I was feeling good, hallelujah. Later on, Amy and I are heading out, <clears throat> and my wife, if you don't know, she's always moving things like transactions on our porch, like porch pickup all the time. She buys and sells and vintage stuff and, and repurposes. She has a good eye for stuff. And, and so she puts stuff out and people put money on the map, under the map. And so later on, we're, we're going out and she says, oh, someone must have picked up the jeans. And I'm like, she says, see if there's money under the mat. And uh, I'm like, ah, I'm pretty sure there's not going to be money under the mat because uh, she had left her Target bag out with these jeans that she was selling to someone for like, you know, 30 or 40 bucks, which is a sizable portion of our Christmas budget. And she puts that out, and, and she placed it back in the porch before I set out my free junk, free beer sale. And this person, and really it's not their fault, they just took everything. I, I don't, I'm not actually sure what else they took now that I'm thinking about it. What else was on the porch that day? But they just sort of took everything out. They cleaned off the porch, the doormat, everything's gone. And the bag of jeans went with the beer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry, because she had, someone was expecting it, and now it's like we're you know, losing out of the cash, and someone's kind of bummed because they can't get the stuff. I'm like, well, I could write the person. You know, this is a stranger, Craigslist stranger. She's like, nah, just forget about it. It's just, it's just a bummer. I'm like, I'll write him. You know, shot in the dark. But sometimes you just got to take that shot. Like, who, what's the difference? If he, if he doesn't respond, so what? But take a shot in the dark. I said, hi, it's me. Apparently, there was a bag of jeans on the porch that was someone else's. If there's any way you can bring them back, I'd appreciate it. And we'll leave out more beer. Send. <laughs> I'm serious. And so a day goes by, I'm like, ah, this is gone, this isn't, this isn't happening. And suddenly I get an email back, he just wrote, he writes, oh, sure, thanks for all the stuff, Merry Christmas. I'm like, oh, wow, cool, like, all right, Christmas is alive and well, like, this is, this is what I'm talking about. And then kind of another day goes by, this is like Friday through yesterday, and there's nothing. I'm like, ah, he's, he's not doing it. And I don't blame the person, really, like, that's an inconvenience, like, oh, I don't know where they lived, it wasn't right in our neighborhood, I knew that, because he had to kind of rearrange his schedule to come in the first place. And then drive somewhere on like, you know, a couple days before Christmas and drop some stuff off that, you know, maybe, may or may didn't have, maybe didn't have value. Maybe he loved the jeans, so maybe he's like, heck no, you're not getting those jeans back. I don't know. But he, then he gets right back and says, hey, what was your address again? I'm like, what was my address again? Like, it's on the same thread. Like, it's right there. I'm kind of like, he's just trying to be polite. And I'm like, let's just end this relationship. It's over. Like, you're not coming back. I, don't, I'll, I will pay my wife for the jeans and we'll move on. But, you know, another day goes by. Meanwhile, there's this pack of beer sitting on my porch all these days in a row for this guy, and, and no one else stole them, which was great. And, but last Sunday afternoon, we come home, and by some Christmas miracle, the jeans had returned. Like, he had brought the jeans back, this guy. I don't know what, what, where, what moved him, where he came from. Uh, if it was just the beer, that's fine. But it was something really exciting about that. I was like, oh, my gosh, there, there is some good out there in the world. And he really stoked us out. It was like a little thing. It was a little thing, but it was, was also kind of a big thing. He didn't have to do it. Honest mistake, right? The last thing anyone wants to do before Christmas is like make extra trips in the neighborhoods, especially kind of where we live in the collection area. It's just crazy. But he showed up. And so thank you, Brian underscore 2000 on Hotmail. Thank you very much for making our, our Christmas. But it got me thinking because I, I just appreciate those little things, those little moments, and those little human connections that seem to be a little more you know, available during Christmas. We're, we're all essentially, you know, kind of working out the same stuff. We're all, we're all busy. We're all hopefully trying to connect with the divine in some way. We're, we're connecting with others in some way. 
And, and, and stuff just happens, right? Things come into our life that are just a little off. It's not what you expected. It, you, you, did, you made a mistake. Now you have to deal with it. And we can choose how or if at all we engage that in a positive way, right? And, and whoever you are or wherever you come from, I just want to say this tonight. Your greatest ability is your availability. When I look at somebody sort of caring for us in this way, in this very little way, it wasn't that he could technically have the ability to get there and drive. It was his availability or was he going to make himself available in this moment? And we're all essentially the same when it comes to this field of there's divine, there's God, and then there's, there's humankind. And we all have these different abilities. We have, we have gifts, there's things we can do. We have a capacity to love God. We have a capacity to love others. And we can make the world a better place for somebody else if we sort of choose to. And a lot of the stuff we looked about yesterday, there was these characters in, this, in the early Christmas text. They didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus, this newborn king. And they had different reasons, but a lot of that was underscored. Like, they just didn't want to be available. They didn't want to be available to, to visiting him. They didn't want to be available to, to welcoming him into their life. They didn't want to be available to the implications of what it looked like to have a God, uh, God king on earth. And so our greatest ability when it comes, and I, and I say this, if you're in the church and you think about things in the terms of, of the kingdom of God, what you can bring God, it's not just, it's not you're just how good you are at stuff, it's your availability. He's not as concerned with the abilities. He has plenty of abilities. He gives abilities. It, it's not a thing to him. It's availability. Your greatest ability is your availability. And that works with God. And that works with people. That works with your spouse, your kids. It's not how cool the thing you can put on or buy or, or trip you can put together, how much money you can spend. What's your availability of time toward that person? And we can get kind of, that stuff can get crammed out when we get busy. But your greatest ability is your availability. Like I said yesterday, we looked at the text and we found these multiple reasons why, you know, people miss Christmas. We had a, had a king and there was an innkeeper, religious leaders. And this, and this, this sort of lack of availability underscores all of them. Because it wasn't those who, who, who couldn't, like, get to Jesus. It's those who just didn't go. There was a whole bunch of people, when this news started going around, like, hey, the Savior's been born. The stars pointed to him. The Scripture's appointed to him. He's in Bethlehem. This is the guy we've been waiting for. And they know the text, and they've been reading it. They've been following this story, all the religious leaders. And like, oh, he's there now? Eh, I'm kind of busy today. Maybe another time. And they didn't make themselves available to visit. Luke writes about it in this way. We're just going to read this story. It's a good story. Maybe you'll read it again, but it's worth listening to at least once a year anyway. And Luke writes in a way that, that he is saying, he's writing to a people, this Gentile people group, um, meaning they're not locked into this religious Jewish nation. They're outside of it. They're not even really welcome in it at all. And Luke's saying, listen, this whole thing is wide open. Here's the case. I know you felt like you were far off. You couldn't get to God. It's wide open now because of Jesus. He says, Luke says, this is how it happened. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius, governor of Syria. Everyone went to their own town to register. So in this, in this time when there was a census, it wasn't by mail or online. You had to go back to your hometown. Like wherever your hometown is, think about your hometown right now. If there was a census, you'd have to go there and actually check in there. So everyone goes back to their own town. So Joseph, of Joseph and Mary fame, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, Ju to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of, of David. So Luke's kind of linking him up with his, his history and his lineage to King David, but it's basically also saying, hey, this guy had to go on a journey to his hometown. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. 
And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Again, the availability, and again, I don't want to beat this down too many times, but we talked about it yesterday, innkeeper, like it just didn't want to deal with it. Didn't want to deal with having someone show up, oh man, we're busy, I'm full. There's always room, you could always make room. But he just was not interested in engaging in this situation. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night as they did. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. They're initially, they're out doing their job, it's night, they're in their zone, they've got their thing going on, they're not thinking about other stuff in the world, they're just focused on their deal. And this sort of angel comes out of nowhere and begins to move toward them, and they're terrified, rightfully so. First thing the angel says is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What is coming is a cause for great joy. Like, hold on, hold on, settle down. What's happening right now is awesome. It's fun. It's full of joy. It's good. It's going to be amazing for you. And this is a lot of the Christmas message, right? Don't be afraid. It's cause for great joy. Some of us who feel a little farther from God are kind of exploring that thing. If God were to come near us, like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid because he knows some stuff about me. Like, we don't really want God coming by us. Like, ah, God's cool. Like, you stay up there. I'll be down here. We'll high five a couple times a year. Because it can be scary to think about God coming, coming down or coming near, coming with. That's a big concept. But the angel said, listen, don't be afraid. This is not a thing to be concerned about. He's not here to punish you. God did not come to the planet Earth through the form of Jesus, through his son, to, to lay down a punishment. He could have done that from up there. He sends his son. So this is a cause for joy. This is a gift. Today in the, t- in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, as this one angel is talking, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So there's this couple shepherds, and there's this one angel, and then all these other guys just come in, because this angel is kind of bringing like, hey, this is good news, this is joy. And the first angel is like, okay, well, this is happening, all these guys are here. And the shepherd's like, wow. And the angel says, the angels left after this. Angels left them and gone back into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Well, I think it's interesting, the angels, because they do this, and, and, and this is a, a good point for us to recognize. The angels left and went back to heaven. The divine delivered a message and then backed away. And God will do that in our lives. He delivers a message, and some of us have heard that before, know what that is. Maybe you've ignored it before, you've embraced it before, you felt the whisper, you weren't sure if that was God. He kind of delivers a message, and he will sort of back away. And we hold that message and say, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to be available to that message? Am I going to take action on that message, on that prompting, on something that's kind of in my heart right now? Something in my soul that doesn't seem of me. I just feel this little whisper. What am I going to do with that? Am I going to lean into that, or am I going to kind of try to bury it down? Because God delivers it, and he, sort of will, he will sort of back away. Man, it would be great if he harped on us every day, like you have to do with your kids sometimes. He doesn't. He sort of sends it softly. So, okay, now go. 
And the shepherds was just great about them because they had this sort of faith and this hope and they were moved. They said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see what this thing, this thing that happened is. Let's see what this guy's talking about. Let's follow this plan of these angels because, man, if this is, if this is the real deal, I want to be part of it. And we can approach Jesus that way, and that's okay. Like, hey, I don't know everything about Jesus. Maybe you don't. Let me, let me rephrase that. You don't. But you can still approach. You can still approach him. You can still get closer to him. I love this. That's what this Christmas message is about. They're like, well, let's go check it out. We don't know. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know if it's safe, it's dangerous, is there fireworks. We don't know what's going to happen. But let's get a little closer. And that's what, that's just a call in my heart for you today and myself and my family. Let's just get a little closer. We don't have to have all the answers. Let's get a little closer to Jesus. Let's just check him out a little, whatever that looks like for you. Some of you are like way out there and you're like, I am, I don't even see the manger. Some of us have been around it for years. But man, this lean in a little closer. They said, let's go to Bethlehem. And they hurried off and, and they go on this search because they, they weren't 100% clear, like I said. And a search requires faith. When you're seeking, when you're searching, and, and it requires faith. You don't always know when or where you will find it. Or sometimes you don't even know what you're seeking. Some of us have been in that place. I don't really know. I'm just kind of seeking something. I know something's not right in my life. Maybe that's your job. Maybe that's your relationship. Maybe that's some finances, some decision, that's schooling. There's something not right. I got to start looking around. You don't know what that thing is exactly yet. You don't know where you're going to land. Man, I got to start moving in that direction. And the shepherds start moving in that, in that direction. And it can be frustrating sometimes when you're seeking because you feel like you're going round and round and you just can't figure something. Anyone know like the clear tape when you can't find the end of the tape? Like this is a big, this season is prime time for clear tape, like scotch tape and packing tape. And it seems like a simple enough product on the little plastic housing. You do it, you put it in your drawer, and then you go to find it, and like it's rolled itself back up. You're like, oh my gosh, it's rolled itself back. Where is that invisible edge again? You're just like going around. It's not that way. I think I see it. Is that it? And you scrape both ways, and it's not, that's just a bump. Go around again. Like I spent hours of December like that. That's what I'm going to be doing tonight. Like where is the edge of that tape? It's got to be here. And then you kind of get it, and you start to peel it, and it's like, ah, oh, I got it. No, it's some kind of weird reverse triangle. I just got like a little sliver. Because when we're searching, like sometimes it feels like that. You feel like you're going to get there, like, oh, my gosh, there's, there's still something else. You can kind of go round and round and round, but, man, it is worth it. It is worth it. A couple of weeks ago, we, uh, we were done church here in the morning, and I think we got a couple of pizzas, and we were watching football, and and I go to Whole Foods, we get pizzas there and, and, and bring them home, and I just put them on the, on the counter and grab a piece and, and go sit down. There's two boxes stacked up, and, and uh, you know, we're eating for a little while, and then uh, Amy goes into the kitchen, and she had a pizza, and then she opens up the second box, and she's like, oh, jalapeno pineapple? I thought we just had plain. Why didn't you tell me? And then Belle's like, yeah, why didn't you tell us? I'm like, I put two pizza boxes out there, like. I don't, and there's people in this room who probably sympathize, like, yeah, you should open up and, and, and show them. But, like, there's other people, like the rest of us, like, yeah, I always look in the other boxes. I always, I check every pizza box because there might just be one, one's a place snuck one in there. Sometimes the person who buys the pizza sneaks in a special pie kind of for themselves and they hide it at the bottom because it's like the expensive one. Like, I look for that one. So you're going to have to do a better job of hiding it when I come to your house. But I check every box because sometimes you just have to check, you got to check the boxes. Like, this story, Jesus, he 
he's here. He's come. He's sort of done the, the heavy lifting. The gift is, is delivered. And now it's for us to kind of lean into it and look into it. It's to explore it through the text and through communities and through friends and through our own sort of heart and connection with him. He can't, he can't open the, all the boxes for us. Sometimes you've got to do a little searching. You've got to do a little looking. You've got to do a little seeking. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And the shepherds might have a cool story. It's just as they had been told, and they show up, and they're excited, and they can't help but sharing about this. And, and all who heard were amazed. I mean, and I, and I think they heard it, but they could see it. They could see it on these guys' faces. And for those of us who are in the church, man, some of us wear some droopy faces, you know, full, like, some of us just struggle with the wrestling B-face thing. Like, that's not cool. People should see it. They should see the joy and then ask, like, oh, my gosh, like, what's going on with you? Like, man, this is a good time of year. I feel loved. God is good. And it says this, Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. So Mary, you know, this teenage girl, just on this incredible journey, treasured and pondered in her heart. She, she treasured the Christmas story in her heart before she really even knew it was the Christmas story. And then says she understood everything. She's like, man, I just got to take all this in. All this stuff that's happening right now, this, there's, something's going on. There's something meaningful about this. I'm going to hang on to it. I'm going to treasure it. You know, write it down. When your soul's being moved, when activity's happening around you, it seems kind of like, man, that's, something else is going on. This is a little bit supernatural or something. And treasure that. What's happening? Mary grabbed all this stuff. And if you think about this stuff for Mary, she treasured all these things. If you think about her beginning, if you know this story, it, it was kind of a little bit of a bumpy road, right? Like she was all set to be engaged and her life was, seemed like it was going to be pretty good. And then it was majorly disrupted by this this son of God thing? And all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, he's not going to want to marry me. What am I going to do? I mean, I'm, uh, I'm going to be, you know, caught for adultery maybe. I mean, are they going to put me in prison? Are they going to stone me? I'm going to have to live in the countryside. I'm going to have to go into hiding. I'm never going to see Joseph again. Like, this is what happened. There's these rumors of divorce. Like, oh, well, Joseph, you know, he, he probably shouldn't marry her now. Got to split up. So divorce talks going around. End up in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is nowheresville. It's nothing fancy to be at. No one wants to be there. Like, oh, man, you're from, Beth- you're from Bethlehem. We have to go back there. Anyone, anyone spouse's hometown like that? Oh, gosh, we've got to go to your hometown. Is it that year again already? The shepherds, you know, they're coming into this scene. They show up out of nowhere. They're just getting blue-collar workers. You know, there was this other story in Matthew, these mysterious magi foreigners, these, you know, these wise guys from far-off lands. They come in. They visit. And the Son of God, he comes. Like, there's no place for him, but he ends up in, you know, flesh and blood and straw and mud in this basement or a carved-out rock, and there's probably animals around. There's people probably coming and going because they're tending to the animals, and there's just no privacy. And Mary's like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. This is so crazy. And she just treasures all this stuff in her heart. And she just ponders. It's like, what is it? This has to be something. This has to be something. And Jesus, when he jumped in, he jumped into the chaotic, beautiful mess that is human life. And he jumped in all the way. Feet first. And I, and I, and I think he did it with love. And he was happy to do it. He just jumped right into it. 
and he came to bring life. And we think about Jesus and, and, you know, gifts and the holidays and, and things that we need or don't need or what we want. Jesus doesn't just give you what you need. He is what you need. Jesus doesn't just give you what you need. He is what you need. If you're kind of like feeling a little bit empty and you're a little off and you're kind of feeling it or trying to check some boxes, like, man, Jesus is the guy. He doesn't just put band-aids on your sort of problems in life. Like he can heal, he can do that, but he's the guy. He is what you need. He doesn't just give you things to help with your life. He is life itself. He is the gift. And all you have to do is, 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 to, is to receive it is to ask. And God can show up anywhere, anytime. He can work through rich, poor, strategic people. Joseph was a little more probably of a thinker. There's whimsical people, people coming from fields. There's offices, homes. It doesn't matter where you come from, in the quiet or in the noise. God can show up anytime, place. And so the question I would just ask, is God calling you closer to his son this season? Is God calling you closer? My conviction is that he is. But it's worth an ask. And I have a feeling I know what he'll say, so you might not want to ask him, but is he calling you closer to his son this season? We're going to uh, take a few moments of pause in his service. We're going to do some candlelight. We can get those kind of going now. We're going to close out with silent light. And, and silent night is, is in, in, in the flame, and, and it's just a moment we'll, we'll, we'll hang out and, and kind of rest in that. It's just symbolic of this light in, in, this, in this darkness. And it starts out small, and you can catch one on the end. They're going to go around. Just try not to light your neighbor on fire. Watch out for the people with lots of hairspray in. And I'm just going to pray for us just in a minute. Wherever you, whoever you are, wherever you're at, wherever you come from, if this is annoying to you or fun for you or just something you have to do or God is a distant thought or maybe something that you should explore. It doesn't matter. I, I believe that God is love and I, and I believe that his love is around us. And I believe that light in the darkness that he brought that first Christmas is still as relevant as it was then as it is today. God, we thank you for uh, this, this evening, for this crew in here. Thank you for your love. Uh, I pray for those who don't feel your love, who don't know your love, who are maybe afraid of your love. Like, God, I just pray you would, you would just gently hug them <laughs> in their heart in your own way, God. Uh, and there's people right now who are just hurting. Um, this is a hard time. There's been loss. There's sickness. There's There's fear, there's doubt, there's uncertainty about the new year. I, I pray for comfort there, Lord. I pray for peace and joy over that person, God. Th those things in their heart that are just deep and they don't tell anybody, Lord, you know. I pray you administer those people. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jesse Giglio, recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Again, that web address is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and yours.